0: Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome. If you're online joining us, thanks for joining us today. I know you could be doing anything. You could be watching the Los Angeles Chargers lose. I don't know, but you're here. And uh, come on, somebody. I'm a Steeler fan. I I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on. And uh, So, uh, yeah, that's all right. My own son's booing me. How's that? But, you know, he gave me the greatest compliment yesterday. So when we we talk about football, that's all right. But he gave me the greatest compliment yesterday. He said, Dad, I'm excited about church tomorrow. And that's now. I didn't pay him to say that. He, he said it and he said, I'm excited. And I said, really? What? Because, you know, right now we're working on getting our kids ministry. We need some some uh, young men to help us in the morning to, to set up kids. We have the teachers. We just uh, we need some help setting that up. And so he's sitting in here and uh, he said to me yesterday, he said, I'm excited about church. I said, what are you excited about? He said Dad, I'm excited to hear you preach. And I said, yeah. wow, really? He said, yeah, I, I, I love hearing the word of God. Isn't that that amazing? And so he can boo me on the Steelers, but life is more important than football. Come on, somebody. It's deeper than football. And it's way deeper than fantasy football. (laughs) Come on, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 3, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. We're continuing this series talking about building to last. And I'm going to talk about building God's house in the future. I'm going to talk about building your family. I'm going to talk about building a a great marriage. How many of you like to have a marriage that will last? And I think when I ask that question, even single people should raise their hands because you want to, you want to start now building a family, building God's house. And, uh, this whole series, really focuses on an attribute of God that uh, we don't really talk about I mean if you ask people about the attributes and the character of God they're going to tell you that he is love he is love how many of you grateful that he loves you he is just he is holy he is all of those things but you know God is also a designer God is also a, a, a creative uh, God he is a builder and he loves to build and now I want to tell you because God is a builder and you are his His children, those characteristics are in you as well. Building is a part of God's nature. Can I hear a good amen today? So it's no coincidence that when you were little, you picked up building blocks. It's no coincidence that some of our kids like to play with Legos and build things with Legos. And our kids like them, but we don't like to step on them as parents. Come on, somebody. You step on that that Lego with your foot without your shoes on. It's like, ah, you ever sit on your couch? And they're like, oh, you sit on a, a, a Lego. But you know, there's no coincidence that young ladies like to design and get dresses. And why? Those are all attributes of our God. And now, As we grow up, we're still building. We're building our lives, right? We're building our families. We're building relationships. We are building and some people are even building businesses. And I I love that. But I think it's important, my church family, that we understand the life that we have is the life that we build. Come on, the health you have is the health that you build. It doesn't just happen by osmosis. How many of you have dreams? You're aspiring and you have dreams that you know are God-given dreams. Listen, you have to build those dreams. We can't just pray. Praying is good, but we have to build. We have to build. We've got to put some feet. We've got to put some work to those prayers. And right now, actually, when we're praying for those things, we should actually be preparing for what we're praying for. Right? If we believe it, then we got to prepare. Maybe you're believing to meet that amazing, amazing Prince charming young lady, right? Well, guess what you got to do. You got to start to prepare. Can I hear a good amen today? Prepare yourself, right? And build. But the relationships you have are the relationships that you build. And so let me ask you a question. How many builders do I have in the house? Come on. If you're online, write in the chat, say I'm a builder. Come on, let me see here. How many of you builders? Come on, we're building. How many of you building your family? You're building your life. You're building your education. Now, Now, Paul is talking about his life as a builder in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Now, here's what's important as we look into the Bible. Oftentimes, when you read about a building in the Bible, or you read about a house in the Bible, it's representative of a life. It's talking about life. Have you found 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9? It says this. This has been our foundation text. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are are building with God. God, you are not on the construction site by yourself. The Bible, one translation says we are his fellow laborers. So this is great news because we're not building alone. We are God's field. And it says you are God's building. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. Everybody say master builder. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and other, others build on it. But let each one of him take heed how he builds. That's what we're going to look into today. How are we building? What are we building? Verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay that which, which has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. And today the title of my sermonette, my sermonette for all the little Christianettes is Building Like a Master building like a master. I want to talk about that because Paul was an apostle and uh, he spoke five languages. He spoke five languages and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I believe it's 13 books of the New Testament. And uh, some believe it's 14 because uh, Hebrews is anonymous. We don't know who, who wrote it, but many believe that it was Paul. And so he was an author. He was also a Pharisee before he got converted. Now, here's what you need to know about Pharisees. Pharisees had to memorize the five books of the Pentateuch, the five first books of the Bible. They had to have it and recite it by memory. Paul was an intellect. He was an incredible thing. Paul probably started about 20 churches himself Himself, not counting the other people like Timothy who came underneath him and started other churches. So he was a builder. Now I want you to understand this because after all the things that Paul said about himself, right? Not only that, not only was, was he a church planner, but he was a prison inmate. He was an author, all of these things. But one of the things that he called himself was a master builder. So here's the cool thing. Whenever Paul got involved, things got better. Because that's what happens. When you're a builder, builders make things better. Can I hear a good amen? So if Paul was in a relationship with you, you were Paul's friend, the friendship got better. Why? Because builders make things better. If Paul was pioneering a church, guess what? The church got better. Why? Because builders make things better. And that's what builders do. And so if you call me Phil Valdez, that's what I am. I'm a builder. If I'm your friend, I'm building. Come on. If Phil Valdez is at your church, Phil Valdez is building. My church family, we don't need more bodies at church. We need more builders. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on. Can I hear a better amen today? We need people who are willing to build. But so many people in life, in relationships, when it comes to God's house, they don't have a builder's mentality. They have a consumer mentality. They say what Janet Jackson said. What have you done for me lately? Come on, somebody. What's in it for me? I know some of you are pretending like you've never heard Janet Jackson, but that's okay. Don't look at me like you're Snow White. Right? But some people have this consumer mentality. What is this church going to do for me? What is this relationship going to do for me? And you know, that's what happens when you you can sit back and not be a builder. And let me just tell you this, when you stop building, that's when you get Stuck. That's when you get, you become stagnated when you stop building. You know, I believe there's a great truth that Paul's going to show us here that you and I can have a guaranteed success in life if we'll keep building. We can have a guaranteed success in life if we'll keep moving forward, if we'll keep building. But also, you can have a guaranteed failure. You know how you can fail in life? Just stop building can I hear a good amen? You could just, you just stop building. But here's the great news that I want to tell us today. We can be master builders. And you're here today. You're watching online. And I believe that God's going to speak to us today about being a master builder. I don't know if you've seen this word master class has been used a lot. If you're on Facebook, there's been ads about um, like just, let's say a pop artist, like Charlie Puth. He's got an amazing voice. Uh, Listen to him, love him. And he was on Facebook and he says, Hey, look, I'm doing a master class for artists, and I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to write a song with you, and uh, we're going to do it together. I'm going to show you how I produce my own songs. It's going to be a master class, or they'll have a famous actor, and this actor will say, hey, and then you see them, and you're like, oh, I know who that is. Hey, I'm doing a master class on acting, because I want to show you how to be a master at acting, and here's what Paul's doing for us today. He's going to give us a class on how to be a master builder. Anybody interested? Come on. Anybody interested? Now, you may say, why Paul? I believe Paul's an expert in building. He, I mean, he's an expert in building. And I'm going to tell you why. Paul said, I have fought the good fight and I have finished my race. Watch, listen to this. Paul is saying, I was so in tune with God, that I built everything that God called me to build. Now, those of you that know how Paul died, Paul died, his head was cut off. He was decapitated. So you say, Pastor Phil, he he was decapitated. How did he he finish his race? Well, Paul did say that he finished his race. So I believe he was decapitated because that's the quickest way to get into eternity. Paul struggled with staying alive in terms of, he's like, uh, let me say not staying alive, but staying on this earth for people. He says, I know I, I could be in heaven, but honestly, to be here for you right now, maybe it's more profitable because I want to teach you. I want to show you how to be a master builder. But he's an expert in this. You know why? Paul was shipwrecked three times. Paul was beaten with rods three times. Paul, remember Jesus and and the scourging that he went through? They actually call it the half death because people didn't even get through it. They died. Jesus got through it. Jesus went through it once. Paul was scourged five times like Jesus. Five times. He was put in prison. Now, I want to tell you, after all of those things, he kept building. He kept building. Even when he was in prison, he was writing letters to the Philippians because he understood that builders keep moving forward. They keep moving forward. And listen, my church family, after all of being, after being shipwrecked, after being in prison, after being beaten, Paul still said, I have finished my course and I have finished my race that is an expert, a master builder. And when I read that, that challenges me and inspires me because for some of us, we stop building because of the little smallest things that are happening in our life. And I have made a decision, no matter what's happening in the economy, no matter what's going on globally, I am going to keep building like Paul. Can I hear a good amen today? Come on, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. So now Paul's going to show us how he found this strength to build. How how did he do that? And he's going to tell us what he was building for and what we need to be building for. I think this is so important. So I think if you're going to build like a master, according to Paul, here's number one. Paul would tell you, it's by God's grace that I build the best. It's by God's grace that I build the best. Verse 10, right? He says, according to the grace that God has given me, that God has given me as a wise man. Master Builder, you know, I think when you think about that word builder, it's so easy to say, "Oh, whoo, building, come on Phil, really like wow like i'm I'm tired already build man that that's a verb that that's like more work, man, Phil, you know this last season was tough I'm in a tough spot right now i'm tired and I'm burnt out. Well, I'm glad you came today because we can't build like we built before. I think one of the things that coronavirus showed us is what we're built on, what we're building for, and will it last? And for some of us, the things that we had, our priorities, right, when this whole thing happened, we had to take a step back and go, is this really a priority? Because I built this and it didn't last. So we can't build like we built before. We've got to build different. Can I hear a good amen today? And so may I suggest to you that maybe the reason why you're burnt out is because you don't even know what you're building for. You don't know why you're building. And Paul shifts our perspective and he said, listen, I want you to understand we are co-laborers with Christ. Listen, we're not working for God. We're working with God. Now, this is a different perspective because growing up, It was all about what are you going to do for God, for, for God. You got to do stuff for God. I wasn't taught this. I wasn't taught that I'm not a slave, right? I'm no, absolutely not. The Bible says we're co-laboring with him and we're working with him. Now, oftentimes burnout happens because we're no longer working with God. We're just working. You know what? Burnout happens because we're no longer co-laboring with Christ. We're just laboring. We're just laboring. We're just laboring. And you know what, my church family, we can get into an unhealthy place when we're trying to do more activity for God than our relationship with God can sustain. I want to say that again, because that is so good we can come to an unhealthy place when we're trying to do more activity for God than our relationship with God can sustain. You know, Psalms 127 verse one says this, unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. I looked up that word in the Hebrew. The word vain means this emptiness. It means nothingness. It means vanity and worthlessness. Now, let me submit to you today. Oftentimes, I think this is our greatest fear. We don't want to live a life that's empty. We don't want to live a life that's worthless, right? So here's what we do. We start laboring by ourselves. We start running ahead of God, and it's not in faith. It's actually in fear that we don't live an empty and worthless life. And guess what happens when we run ahead of God and start laboring without God? Guess what we do? We build nothing significant and our life becomes empty. Can I hear a good amen today? I love the way the passion translation says this. It says, Psalms 127 verse 2, if God's grace doesn't help the builder, They will labor in vain to build a house if God's mercy doesn't protect the city and all its sentries. Those are soldiers. It's a picture of a soldier watching over the city so he can watch over the city, but it's not as good as God watching over the city. That's what he's saying. Verse two, it really is senseless to work so hard from early morning till late at night toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. God can provide for his devoted lover's even when they are asleep one translation says this god gives his beloved sweet sleep watch this this is what he's saying by god's grace even while you sleep god can be building and he can you can be at rest while he builds that's what god's grace does this is why it's so this is why the sabbath is so important the sabbath day keeping it holy the sabbath day is a day that you actually take off and you cease from your work why to rest, and you trust God that the six days that you worked, that God is going to work in those days, and you rest. And he's saying here that by God's grace, actually you can be at sleep and God can continually be working. But here's the reality. For some of us, we're up at night because we're continuing to work, and then we wonder why we're burnt out. Can I hear a good amen today? Watch, the message translation says this, Psalms 127 verse 1. It says, if God doesn't build the house... The builders only build shacks. Shacks, Pastor Phil, what? Yeah, compared to what God could build through you. It's only a shack. And here's what Paul's telling us, my church family. Paul's telling us that without God's grace, it's possible to totally burn out in life and never build anything significant. I want to say that again. Paul is warning us. He's saying, hey, look, it's possible that you can burn out on all the wrong things in life and never build anything significant. My church family, busyness doesn't always equal fruitfulness. It doesn't. It doesn't. Now, I want to tell you, you have to define success for your life. You have to define success for your family and you have to define it for your marriage. Now, to me, I want to tell you, I'm more about significance than I am success. And I'm going to tell you, this is my opinion. Every time I preach, it's my opinion. I'll tell you, it's my opinion. But this is what I get from years of ministry and talking to people. Success is a person you can work your whole life and put your name Valdez on a building, right? And the truth is, is that I could die and somebody buy that building and put their name, Smith, on the building. See, to me, being a success means you don't really do anything significant for any other person. And so you can be a success And not live a significant life. But you can't live a significant life and not be a success. So to me, being significant means my life is impacting people. I want to impact people. And you know what? When you invest in God and you invest in the kingdom of God and you invest in people, people will be and live a significant life. Can I hear a good amen? And so my life, I won't want it to be about success in the way that the world defines success. I want it to be significant where people's lives, where people are going to be in heaven because I was on earth. The world was a different place because God planted Phil Valdez in 2021 to be here. And I am in the kingdom for such a time, this not to be a success, success, but to be significant. And by being and living a significant life, I will have success. Can I hear a good amen? But it's so easy to be burnt out today. You know, and after 30 years of 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 pastoring, man, I've done youth, I've done young adults and now adults. I'm just telling you, I'm speaking from a 30-year perspective. I'm just telling you, I hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, I'm just burnt out on church. I'm just burnt out on church. I don't serve because I'm burnt out. Can I just help you for a moment? It's not the church that's burning you out. Why? Cuz you haven't been to church in the last 2 or 3 months. So let's stop blaming the church and God for being burned out. You're burnt out on other stuff. You're burnt out because you're in relationships that are draining you and not building you. Amen. You're burnt out. All right. Hide your toes because here I come. Some of you burn out because you're in, involved in other people's business that we should not be involved in. Amen. And that's burning you out. All right. I'm going to look at the screen because I don't want anybody to think I'm talking to them. Some of you are burnt out because you got four of your kids in 14 different sports, right? And you're over here on Tuesday and over here on Wednesday, right? And you're over here and you're over here and you're like, oh my gosh, the church is burning me out. The church is burning me out. We're purchasing things that we can't afford, trying to live a lifestyle that maybe we're not affording, and the church is burning us out. And I want to tell you that's such a lie. Because the Bible says that when we come together, that he commands a blessing. That when we serve and when we refresh other people, he refreshes us. The Bible talks about, you've heard the scripture, they that wait upon the Lord, God will renew their strength. You know, actually in the Hebrew, it says those that gather together before the Lord, God Renews their strength. And if you keep believing the lie that church is burning you out, you'll never build anything significant. I'm going to tell you, there's times when before life group, every Wednesday we have life group. We do it because we know that we need it. And there's times I don't feel like logging on. I'm tired too. But you know, every time I log on for prayer or for followership, after we're done, I always feel so refreshed and strengthened. Can I hear a good amen today? But don't believe the lie of the enemy. It's not the church that's burning you out. Listen, guess what? There's more faith in here and encouragement in here than is at your job. Come on, there's more faith in here. There's more encouragement in here. There's more refreshing in here than there is anywhere else. And so the enemy tries to stop us from getting to church. We need church. Can I hear a good amen today? Now, when we don't walk, or now here's the thing. When we don't work with God and allow his grace to be involved then we're not going to do what we could do. Now, listen, God is not anti-work. Are you ready? I want to show you a scripture. This scripture always blows my mind because as we talk about burning out or working or building, it can seem like God is anti-work. Actually, Paul's going to show us something about God's grace. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. This is how he was such a master builder. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am who I am. Watch this. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than them all. Yet I, not I, but the grace of God was with me. Watch this. So here's what Paul says. Here's what master builders realize is that Paul's work flowed from a place of grace. And when work flows from a place of grace, he actually says, I did more labor than those who didn't work with God's grace. I actually did more than other people. They were tired. They were burnt out. Now just, I just want to remind you, here's a guy who's been shipwrecked. Here's a guy who's been in prison. Here's a guy who's been beaten. And he did, he's saying, I still did more than all of them because even in all of my problems, what was the consistent foundation was God's grace was there. And here's the great news, Passion Life Church. That grace is the same grace that's in your life today. Come on. That's the same grace that Paul had, that Jesus had, that you have. Come on. So you can be A master builder, but you have to understand if you're gonna build like a master, you can't just build in your own strength, you cannot just build in your own self effort. We have to rely on God's grace and his favor. And this is the greatest news you are favored by God, you are graced by God. But let's be honest, some of us are into things that our grace is not into. See, there's a salvation grace that is made for everybody to receive, but I'm talking about grace in your gifting. I'm talking about grace in your personality. We get involved in things that we're just not graced for, and then we wonder why we're not building. We wonder why we're tired, and my church family, I want to tell you, and I want you to write this in the chat if you're watching. Write it on the notes. Say this. Write this in your notes. I have the grace to build. I have the grace to build. And you need to start looking at your life and believing in your life. Listen, my church family, I am favored by God to build. I have God's grace to build. And it's with God's grace that I can build the best. Best what? Building the best that you could that if you didn't have God's grace, you would never get there. My church family, this is all about building with God's grace. When there is a, a strength that comes from God's grace, it's almost like it's not even work. I've had people tell me before, I can't believe that you're doing this. And I can't believe that you're doing that. And man, whew, man that, just, that just seems like a lot. I know it seems a lot to you, but you have to understand, I have a grace on my life to do what I'm doing. And you know what? You have a grace on your life. That's why you got to let grace set the pace for your life. Come on. You got to get in that flow, that flow of God's grace. Because when you do, sure, on Sundays, sometimes, you know, I'm going from here and I'm going to do a wedding after this. I'm officiating a wedding down in Sandy. I have a lot of stuff on my plate and I love sitting at home at night, just whoa, watching the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight beat the Los Angeles Raiders, just sitting. Come on, somebody sitting on the couch, knowing that I gave my all today, that I'm tired because i put poured myself out like an offering. But you know what? That's God's grace. It's amazing. And you know what? You have God's grace too. So you can be a master builder. Take hold of that grace. Are you glad you came to church today? So if we're going to build like a master, we have to realize that it's with God's grace that I build the best. Here's number two. We have to focus on foundations if we're going to build. You know, a master builder understands that the building is only as good as as its foundation, write this down. My life is only as good as its foundation. The relationship is only as good as the foundation. Actually, the foundation determines what you can build upon it. Verse 11, Paul says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Listen, as a builder, I don't have to build on my own foundation. Hit this is with the great news. I don't have to produce my own foundation. There's actually been a foundation that has been laid. And his name is Jesus Christ. And this foundation is so secure, my church family, that a sinner, no matter how long or how much or what he's done, any type of sinner can lay his life and repent and receive forgiveness on this foundation. And if they'll lay their life on this foundation, they can have an eternal salvation because this foundation is so secure. That's the foundation. That's the foundation. It's secure. And if we build on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, guess what? We're going to build and it will last. So you've got to build your life on this foundation and it'll stand. You've got to build your relationships on this foundation. Do you know, I always ask myself when a new person comes in my life to be friends or whatnot, I always think about this question. What is the foundation of this relationship? Because depending on this foundation of what we're building this relationship on, it will determine if it will stand. You know, I, I like to uh, talk to couples, and I'm marrying another couple in October, and um, I always ask them, "How'd you meet? Like, what what happened?" And this this particular uh, relationship was pretty cool because they were friends for ten years. And I told him, "I was like, dude, why'd you wait so long?" But anyway, so. 10 10 years they were friends. And my church family, can I just tell you, for a relationship, especially marriage, friendship is the best foundation to build the marriage on. But so oftentimes we're not focused on friendship. Foundations were focused on self-gratification so people just bypass the friendship stage, go right to the romantic stage. But listen, when the romance dies, since it didn't have a foundation of friendship, the relationship dies. Can I hear a good amen today? What's the foundation of the relationship? Well, you know, we just like hanging out with the boys. You know, we just like drinking them beers together. Oh, okay, great way. Great foundation for your marriage is beer. Come on, somebody great foundation. So when times get tough, guess what? You're drinking more beer. Well, you know, we just like to go out and sip some wine together. That's how we met. We're building our foundation on grapes. You laugh, but I'm telling you when I talk, I'm just like, you know what? Me and my wife met at church and we were friends for a year before I proposed. But on the second date, she gave me a talk. She gave me a talk. We were sitting out front of her house and this is what she said. So where's this relationship going? I don't know. We're in park right here. We're not going anywhere. I don't know. We're right outside your house. In other words, she was saying, what are we building here? And I loved it because no woman had ever talked to me like that. And she looked at me and she said, I'm not in this relationship to mess around. That was so attractive to me. Because I was, I didn't want to mess around either. Because every relationship in our life is going somewhere. But we're just friends. We're just dating. Okay, where's it going? Because you're either going to end up in marriage or you're going to end up breaking up. There's only two solutions. We're just going to hang out for 20 years. And you're going to waste your life on somebody who could have been more committed. And she, in other words, that's what she was saying. What are we building here? And I was speechless. I was like, I don't know. right. I remember on our third date, I tried to kiss her. She pulled back. She said, I ain't going to kiss you yet. I'll never forget that. I was like, when do we get to kiss? Because a lot of my relationships were built on the physical instead of the spiritual in my church family, those relationships didn't work because we had the wrong, found, cause I didn't focus on the foundation. And she looked at me, she said, I'm not going to kiss you yet because I want to make sure that this is headed in the right direction. Oh man, I went home last night and my feelings were so hurt, but I knew she was right because I knew if we focused on the right foundation, I wanted this girl to be, I knew the third day I was like, kiss. I want to marry you. And we built it on the right foundation. And when you start thinking about foundations, it's not like a popular conversation. But to be honest, before you buy your house, you want to know what's built. You want to know how it's built, right? And so oftentimes when we're going to buy a house, we'll walk in and go, what's the square footage? Oh my gosh, look at the kitchens. Oh, I love the ambient lighting. Oh, it's so great. The floors are done. Oh my goodness. The wa- oh, I love it. Oh, look at this bathroom. This is absolutely amazing. You know what? But no one walks in a house. No one has ever walked in my house. I don't know, Ines, maybe somebody's walked into your house and they walk in the house and they go, wow, great foundation, Phil. Wow. How'd you do it? Wow, this is beautiful. Wow, I feel so secure. I, I feel like, I feel secure in this house. Nobody does that. You know why? Because the foundation is invisible. But everything that's visible is held together by what's invisible. And you can have the nicest furniture, the nicest cabinets, but all it takes is one earthquake. If you don't have a good foundation, everything crumbles. And come on come on this is good stuff it's normal stuff but nobody's like wow beautiful foundation cuz it's invisible and it's not really the sexy thing it's not really the popular thing to talk about foundations because it's really invisible and that's why people don't feel like well, you know my prayer time you know nobody sees nobody you know God's watching but I know he'll forgive me it's not about that it's about what you're building in private in prayer it's about reading his word and what you're building because when the storm comes it's all about what you've built and the foundation and here here's the great news. We have an incredible foundation. His name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. But listen, you can't build on a cracked foundation. You can't build on a broken foundation. You can't build on a foundation of theories. I hear people when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, I mean, one person told, I I was actually floored. I'm like, "Wow, you're producing your own foundation." This person told me they said, "Yeah, I only learn from myself." What? Did I hear? Hold on. What? So you're producing your own foundation. We build our Listen. We're in a time right now where it seems like the CDC is changing this, that. Dr. Fauci, who knows where, I don't know what's going on with that guy. And you know what? You're going to build your life on that? No, sir. I'm going to build my life on the great physician. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation. And I'm going to build my life on this. Build our life on selfish motives. You can build your life on pleasing people. But listen, you can't build on a cracked foundation, broken foundation. We can't produce our own foundation and expect to stand in the moments that are tough. Can I hear a good amen? And so Paul writes and he says, the lives that are built on the foundation of Christ will last. And I want to end here today because this is so powerful. If you're going to build like a master, here's number three. Are you learning something today? You've got to know what you're building for. You've got to know, my church family, why you're building and what you're building on. And I want you to write this down. We are building for two things. You ready? Number one, you're building for the storm. And number two, you're building for the fire. I want to say that again. You're building for the storm. The storm is the earthly storms. But then we're also building the for the fire, which is going to be eternal. And I want to break those down here just real quick. In the message translation... You've heard what Jesus said when he talked about building your life as a wise builder. He says, those that hear my words and do them are like a wise builder. And when the storm came, he says they were standing. But then there was a foolish builder. And the foolish builder built his house on a good foundation. And the rain came. And guess what? It crashed. But I love the way the message translation says it. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says... These words that I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are fundamental words. There's the foundation because we're going to focus on foundation. They are fundamental words, words to build a life on. And if you work these words, come on, turn to your neighbor and say, work it. Come on, say, you got to work it. If you work these words into your life, you will be like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock and the rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing move that house because it was fixed on the rock. Verse 26. But if you use these words in my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and the waves came, it collapsed and it collapsed like a house of cards. Now, everybody look at me. The biggest misconception is that when I become a Christian, there will be no storms. That's not what Jesus said. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. If I understand that, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build my life for the storm. I'm going to build my life to know that when the storm comes, because they do come. Come on. Anybody had a storm in their life? Let me see your hand. Right? They do come. Here's what I want to do. I want to know that I'm building my life on, the, on, the, on this word, on this, this foundation. Why? So when the storm comes, it doesn't wreck my life. It doesn't wreck my life. So watch. How you build determines if you stand. Now, are you ready for this? It's possible, Jesus said, to hear his word. It's possible to watch online. It's possible to be here today, hear this word, and your house still crumble. Why? Are you ready? Because this is what building is. Building is acting on what you're listening to. It's not just listening. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, Jesus is a good foundation. Yes. But are you building on it? And here's how you build on it. Because the Bible says that the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But watch this faith without works. There's that word again. Works is dead. So I have to believe it enough that I act on it. Can I hear a good amen today? So building is actually acting on what we're listening to. So look, People don't realize this. Some people aren't building on this word. Some people aren't building on faith. You know what they're building on? They're building on fear. So watch, because building is acting on what you're listening to, right? I hear the news and then I act on it in fear. And guess what? Same energy. You're still building. You're just building on the wrong foundation. And so when the storm comes, you heard and you acted, but you acted on the wrong thing. But if we will build our lives on this foundation in the storm, my church family, you will stand. How many people want to stand in the storm? And here's what I want to close with today. We're not only building for the storm, and they will come. That's earthly. But I want to close with this today. We're also building for the fire Paul talks about. The fire. Yeah, I'm not talking about hell. Watch. 1 Corinthians 3.12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day. Everybody say the day. The day will declare because each of it will be revealed by Fire and the fire will test each one's work for what sort it is. In other words, the fire is going to reveal people's motives. Watch. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. Everybody say a reward. Come on, say it like you want one, a reward. Verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet it is it will be through the fire. Now my church family, I want, I want us to understand that because we don't talk about this a lot and we need to talk about this because you don't hear sermons a lot about this. All right. This is about rewards. There's two judgments and the Bible uses the word, the white throne judgment. That's when we stand before God, those who have received Jesus by his grace and they have received Jesus as his Lord, they will go to heaven. That's the white throne judgment. That's not what this is talking about. This is called the Bema seat. You know, oftentimes you'll see the judgment seat of Christ. It's, Actually, it's the white throne, and then it says the judgment seat of Christ. And we read it that way. It's the judgment seat of Christ. But actually, it means Bema seat. In other words, this is a judgment for rewards. Now, we don't talk about this a lot, and we need to talk about it. God, the Bible says, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. Now, I want to tell you, there is a difference between gifts and rewards. Salvation is a gift. It's a free gift you don't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It's by God's grace. Anybody thankful for salvation? It's a gift. That's a gift. It's a gift to you, right? A reward is something that you are given. Watch this based on your good works. See, here's what happens. A lot of times we talk about, you know, God is just, you know, he's just, and we talk about, you know, God will judge the wicked. He will, but here's the cool thing. He's also going to give rewards to those who did right. If he's just on the wicked, he's got to be just on the just, can I hear a good amen today? And so here's what happens is you are going to stand before God one day and all of your works are going to be taken and they're going to be thrown into the fire. They're going to be thrown in, into the fire. And what is going to stand is everything that you did for God. Everything that you did for him. Now, watch this. He says there's going to be a day where some works are are built on wood, hay, and stubble. Let me tell you what this means. Wood in the Bible always represents mankind in, in the Bible. I'll show you. Isaiah 55 12, it says, The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. Trees of the field clap their hands. So if I'm just building, right, and depending on human fleshly efforts, then it's going to be burnt up because wood represents humanity. Now, What we we don't need, my church family, we don't need more human intellect and more smarts. We need God's grace. Can I hear a good amen? So he says, wood, wood you put fire to, it's gonna burn up, right? Then he says, hay straw. That represents people. Isaiah chapter 40, verse seven says, the grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Watch, surely the people are grass. Surely the people are grass. So in the Bible, grass represents people. Watch this. So if I'm always building my life, to try to please people, if I'm building and spending my energy to try to build and please people, I'm looking for the applause of people instead of God, those works will be burnt up. Now watch this. He says some will suffer loss, but he's a guy of grace. So he says, just so you know, hey, listen, there's suffer loss, but he's gonna be saved. In other words, again, uh, this is about heaven. This isn't about you going to hell. This is about, if you are a child of God, stand before me. And he says, you're going to suffer loss. What is loss? Loss of rewards. Now, listen, there will be people who will stand on this day and they didn't build for the fire. And the tragedy of it is there will be some people who their whole life's work will be put in that fire and it won't last. And by church family, it's a tragedy. It's a huge tragedy to know that you lived your whole life and built the wrong way. Are you in heaven? Absolutely. Thank God. But this is about rewards. This is about understanding that God wants you to do things and build his kingdom and he wants to reward you for those. Because listen, this is the eternal building. The storms are earthly, but this is eternal. My church family, that's what I'm living for. I'm living for this day. I'm living for this day that my life I, it actually helps me to define my priorities because there's going to be a day And I want to encourage you, James says, right? That life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. This is timing. And here's the question. What are you building for? I am building for the fire. I'm building for one day that the works that Phil Valdez does. I want them to stand. And the Bible says that they're going to be built. Those who whose works stand, it's because they built on gold, silver, and precious stones. And let me just tell you what those means. And we're going to pray gold always represents, always represents God's divinity. Silver represents God's righteousness. And if you ever read in Exodus chapter 26, it talks about the tabernacle. The tabernacle is what they set up. It was like a tent, like setting up a church where God's presence would reside. And it would reside there because it didn't reside in their hearts. Aren't you thankful that now we are God's tabernacle, that his presence resides on the inside of us? But in the Old Testament, they had to set this this thing up. But here's how they set it up. They would put silver in the ground. That silver meant God's redemption. And then they would stick the wood planks into the silver. The wood, what does wood represent? People. It represents mankind. So in the redemption, we stand as wood. We stand in God's redemption. And then that wood was plated with gold because in his redemption, that's when God's divinity is on us. Can I hear a good amen today? And then he says that people will build with precious stones. The Old Testament high priest. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus is our high priest. But they had a high priest. And the high priest there would have a plate on him with 12 stones. Precious stones with the names of the 12 tribes. And this is significant to us because that's how we are to Jesus. Jesus, we are living stones and we are on his heart because he loves us. Can I hear a good amen today? And so here's the reality, my church family, everything we do for God, you are graced. You live in his redemption. You live in his love. And so when I'm loving people, when I'm going out and preaching the gospel to people, my church family, listen, it's really, really important. Can you turn that down for me, please? Appreciate it. That when we are living for these things, when we stand in heaven, this is what's going to stand. Now, I understand a lot of times we come to church and we come to church to be comforted. We do. It's important. But also we come to church to be challenged, my church family. And I got to tell you as a pastor, it's my job to prepare you for this day. To ask you, what are you building? What are you building for God's kingdom? This will help set your priorities straight to look at our lives and go, am I building for something eternity? Am I building for the storm that what I can stand? And here's the great news, my church family. You have the grace to build. And as we've talked about before, God builds with a purpose. Your life is here on purpose. You are blessed with potential. God has a plan. He's got principles. You have grace. You have everything you need to build for the storm and to build for the fire. Can I hear a good amen today? But here's the question. So what are you building? What are you building? How are you building your life? Do you want to build something temporary that's going to fall? Or do you want to build something significant? Because here's the cool thing. We all can. Because it's the same grace, the same foundation. We just got to make a decision. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray for you. Do you receive this today? Now, let me just say this before we we pray. This is about your legacy. I want everybody to look at me for just a moment before we pray. You have a legacy. Whether you realize it or you don't realize it, you're leaving a legacy to your kids, to the people around you. You know, the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. The Bible is all about legacy. Legacy. You know, I preached to youth for 20 years of my life. I would start 14-year-old kids and start talking to them about their legacy. You know, that, that's, that's way too young. No, it's not. Because here's what we do. Well, you know, when I'm 29 and I'm almost 30, I'm going to get serious about life. You know, when I'm 49, when I'm almost 50, that's when I'll start thinking about my legacy. No, you better think about it right now. Because the legacy is what you leave to your family, your friends, And when we get to heaven, the rewards that God has for us, what a day that will be. My church family, God sees every good thing you do. God sees every person, every life, every person you love, and he's watching to reward you. Man, that kind of changes the way you live, changes the way you live. And I'm so thankful today that I'm in the company of builders. And I want you to bow your heads today and I want to pray. First prayer, I want to pray. If you haven't asked Jesus to come inside your heart, would you do that today? Come on, put your life on this foundation. Maybe you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus. I want to pray this prayer. He died on the cross for you to forgive you of your sins. Listen, if you have not prayed that prayer, pray this prayer with me. Listen, Passion Life Church, would you repeat after me as well so no one feels like they're praying this by by themselves? Say this with me. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son a sure foundation that I can build my life on. And today I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Father God, forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, come inside my heart. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, I thank you today that we have your grace. Come on, if you're thankful for his grace, would you just put your hands up just as in a receiving mode? You're graced, mom. You're graced to build the family. You're graced to build the marriage. Come on, dad. You're graced by God to build that family, to build the marriage. You're graced. Young person, you're graced today to leave an incredible legacy. Stop despising yourself and your youth. Start now, building a legacy, loving people, Thank living for, for God, today. doing things for God, working with God, not just for message. God. For more information it's about Fashion Life Church, visit us now, online I just want to say this because I feel like the Holy Church. Spirit is leading me to say it. Some of you say it's too late. It's already too late, Phil. I'm just, and then you're, you're given your age. It's not too late. Start right now. Start today. Let God redeem the time. Hear this message and act on it and start building Because building is acting on what we're listening to. That you're going to build a godly legacy for you and your family. That's going to touch your kids and your grandkids if Jesus doesn't come back. And we're going to make a difference in this world. Father, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I pray for those today that are working really hard. Lord, I pray that they would take a moment and just ask themselves, are they building by your grace? Or just building with their own and human efforts? Are they just building with their own ambition? and have left out your grace. Lord, we don't want to labor in vain. We don't want to live a worthless life. Today, we want to live a life that's significant, impacting the world for your honor and your glory. And that's what it's for, God. We're building for you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, can we give God a great round of applause for his word? Say this with me. Say, I'm a master builder say, I'm a master builder. One more time as loud as you can. I'm a master builder. In Jesus name, we'll continue next week. Invite somebody. We love you. God bless you. We're gonna take communion next week. You are dismissed.